Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Jasmine Star Show. I am your host, and today I have a very special guest, Lewis Howes. Lewis is a New York Times bestselling author of hit books, The School of Greatness, and The Mask of Masculinity. Now, Lewis does a lot of stuff. He is a lifestyle entrepreneur, a high-performance business coach, and a keynote speaker. He was also a formal professional football player and two-sport All-American, and he is currently on the United States men's national handball team. He also hosts a top 100 iTunes-ranked Apple podcast, The School of Greatness, which has over 100 million downloads and over 800 episodes since it launched in 2013. Now, I met Lewis a few years ago when I was a part of his mastermind, and he has been a wonderful friend and mentor to me. So I wanted to bring in and have a conversation. And in this conversation, we talk about everything from the differences of being an extrovert and an introvert in business to Lewis's unique approach to networking and asking for what he wants. Now, I have to take a brief second and let you know that the very first time that I really saw the differences of Lewis's ability to be extroverted and my <laughs> ability to be introverted was the very first time I actually met him in person. So I want to set the scene a little bit. I joined his mastermind in 2018 and I was in it for one year. Now, I didn't really know Lewis. I had never spoken to him before, but I had watched what he had done in the business world. And I talked to my husband and my business partner, JD, about what I should do in regards to getting out of my comfort zone. And we both thought that this was going to be a good way to learn from somebody who is so different than I am. So I absolutely love this conversation. So what I want to do is let's dive in, listen to the conversation, and I'll meet you on the back end to kind of synthesize everything we've learned starting now. Lewis House, how are you doing, homie? How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. Um, I think it's time for us to act all professional and stuff. I mean, you're the professional podcaster. I'm going to defer to you on that front. So I think we're just going to have like a nice slow roll in. And again, I just want to say thank you for this. So Lewis, your name has become synonymous with greatness, but I know that greatness is like a really big word. So I want to know for the foundation of this conversation, how do you define greatness? Well, I've asked a lot of people what their definition is. And for me, it's been pretty consistent the whole time. I've thought about, should I change it? Is it going to evolve? But I feel like it's very simple for me. It's discovering your unique talents and gifts that you were born with and pursuing your dreams in pursuit of using those gifts. And in that pursuit, making the maximum impact on the people around you. And that's it. So I think if you're figuring out who you are, your talents, your gifts that only you have, and you're pursuing the things that light you up the most and you bring joy to people around you, that's a pretty great life. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, when I hear you say that, it makes me feel like all warm and fuzzy, but I have to think that maybe people listening, myself included, I think that there's this tendency or temptation to let ourselves get in the way of our own greatness. So what I wanna do for this conversation is I wanna get gritty, I wanna get practical. I want somebody to listen to this conversation and immediately walk away and take action. So this is what I have noticed from you, from an outsider looking at you, 
and then getting closer and getting to know you over the past couple of years, it looks like you're really good at connecting. So networking has been key for you and you're really good at making like human to human connections. And from my perspective, it looks like you're really social offline and you do it really well. Now I have to say, it's really easy for me to be social online, but I really think that you're the master of doing it in person. And I wanted to share your approach because I've seen it firsthand, but I'm like, I don't want to to tell your story. I want you to paint a picture. So here is the question. Can you describe your networking approach? Like when you walk into a room and explain it to me, like I'm five, what do you do? What do you think? Like, what do you say? Before I walk into a room, it's what I think about first. Ooh. It's the same thing as before an interview, everything happens before something actually happens is my intention. So it all depends on the situation and the setting and where I'm going and what type of event it is. But almost always, whether there's no one to impress or it's the most impressive people in the world, I try to have the intention of how can I bring as much passion and joy to the room? Because the world makes room for passionate people. And if that thesis is correct, then when I bring passion, when I bring joy and I just enter the room, it's almost like I try to say nothing and get people to look my way without actually making a lot of commotion or having to like be this performer. It's like, how can I walk in with the presence, almost a stillness presence where people turn and say, huh, I want to meet that guy. And it starts with, it starts with the intention and the energy I bring when I open the door. I love this because it's going to lead to a future question that I'm not going to get to quite now, but like this is applicable to everyone. So what I hear you say, it's not what you do. And it's not what you say. It's before you walk in the room, you want to harness an energy of passion energy. and joy, yes. an energy of passion and joy. So when you walk into a room, you don't have to say anything. You exude a level of invitation. Mm -hmm. And then the way that you convey how interesting you are is to simply be interested. That's it. And you do this probably you know, one of the best I've ever seen because you have this big smile that you always bring to people. You're always complimenting people. You're always just joyful, expressive, and people want to be around that energy. No one wants to be around someone who's down and depressed and insecure and closed off. People don't want that. They want to have more energy and more passion in their life. So they're attracted like a magnet to whoever has the most in the room. Okay, we are going to get to this in a second because you say you do this really well. And I'm like looking here and I'm looking over my shoulder like, who, who is he talking to? I don't know if he's talking to me, but we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in a second. I actually think that's like a good way to foreshadow what's coming on the horizon. Like the juxtaposition, like on the spectrum of Jasmine Star introvert to Lewis Howes on the other Just end. because you're an introvert all. doesn't mean you don't have passion and joy. Oh, a, you know what? Amen to that. Answer this one question. Is networking what you know, or is networking who you know? It's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's the value you can bring to who you don't know. Ooh. That's, that's where you build a, a new relationship is from the people that you want to know, but you don't know, but you bring value to them in a certain way where they really need it the most. And I think when you can become the champion of someone, uh, of someone's life, meaning whatever it is that they need the most of right now. Maybe they just need someone to listen to them, or maybe they need a key hire for their company, or maybe they need a health reset or a love reset, whatever it is. If you can bring that to them, you're going to become a champion in their life, and they're going to champion you for the rest of their life.
They're going to say, what can I do to help you? How can I support you? What do you need? They're going to always want to repay you back. So I don't try to go into a relationship, adding value to someone saying, how can I get this back? Or in five years, they're going to really pay me off like some debt or something. But in a world where I'm just trying to add as much value as possible, because I think Zig Ziglar said, like, if you want to achieve all your goals, help everyone else achieve all theirs. I just try to have that mindset. Like it's just going to, it's going to come back eventually, whether it's that person or they said something to someone else who said something to someone else. And that person bought my book and joined my mastermind. It's like always going to come back in some way, as long as you're adding value to people. And that's uh, what I, try to do. I love this. So networking for you is figuring out how you can bring value to somebody else without the expectation of something in return. When it's an expectation, it, you can just feel it. You know, that's why I'm actually probably not good at networking. It's funny as I say that because I almost overly give. And then when people say, please let me help you, I'm like, I'm good, actually. I don't <laughs> so I feel weird, like receiving in return. And I just try to, in my mind, say, okay, I'm only going to ask them like when I have a book every few years or when I have something that I really need, like once in a blue moon. I love it. Maybe once every few years. That's what I try to do for like a big ask. Maybe I'll say, hey, can you share this or can you tweet this for people every now and then? But really, I don't even like asking for that. So uh, I love this. I love this. And I especially love the context of it's who you don't know to help and help them like, give something of value to them. That's yeah. amazing. Without expecting anything in return. Heck yes. Okay. So now it's time for the loop around because we've had you define your version of greatness. And then we had you define the context of networking. Both of those things were so synergistic and so beautiful. But now I want to put it in context because I know a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs, but like no matter where you are in your business, you have to be social and you have to meet people. That's just it. So I'm going to be the first to say that I am the biggest introvert. You've experienced that in real, like in real life. Now the question becomes, are you an extrovert? I think I know the answer, but are you an extrovert? And do you think it's easier to succeed in business because you're so outgoing? I believe, yes, I'm an extrovert, but I have introverted tendencies and I like my alone time, but I could say yes and no. My, my business is built on relationships and it's built on interviewing people and getting the best out of them and things like that. But also if I do too much of it, like I do too many meetings sometimes where it pulls me away from being focused on actually creating what I need to create. Like I've been working on this book proposal for a few months and I should have had it done a couple months ago, but I keep getting tired because I'm doing meetings till 10 o'clock every night because they're interesting people that I want to meet and I'm building long-term relationships for something maybe in the future, but then it throws me off on my sleep patterns. It slows me off on my you know workout routines. It throws me off on everything. So yes and no. Ooh, okay. I was actually asking this because as an introvert, the thing that is intimidating is that I look at people who are extroverted and I think it's easy to tell myself, oh, look at them. They got it easier because they're outgoing. But I think I was asking um, because maybe I picked up on an undertone of that with you. Like, is there a developed skill or a habit that because you like your alone time and because you've pulled in so many directions, is there a skill or habit that you would say, huh, if somebody like Jasmine wants to get better at getting out and meeting more people, is there a skill or habit that you're like, this helped me or this is what I see work for other introverts? Uh, I don't think it's a skill or habit. I think you have to give yourself uh, an experiment. Ooh. And I like to do challenges for myself. This is what I've done my whole life. Whenever the thing that I feel like is missing or I need more of or 
I want to tap into more of, um, I give myself a challenge just like I did my senior year. I gave myself a challenge. I was like, I'm going to meet every person in my school. It's 300 people. So it wasn't like 3000 people I needed to meet. It was like, I'm going to meet everyone in my school, everything. I don't think I want to do. I'm going to at least try out or audition for. So it was like, I did choir. I did tap dancing. I did synchronized swimming. I did the musical. I did all these other things. I can't even remember half the things I did, but I was just like, I really don't want to do this. So I was like, okay, if I don't want to do it, I have to do it. And I gave myself this criteria and an experiment to explore life in a different way and see what comes out of it. Maybe if you did this experiment for 30 days or 90 days where it's like every day you had to meet someone new and have 30 minutes meeting, coffee, lunch, whatever, (sighs) or twice a week you had to go to a networking event or some type of event that had at least 10 people or more and you had to say yes. In 90 days, you would learn so much more about yourself. You would probably cultivate so many incredible relationships that would help your business. And you would lean a little bit more extroverted in the future. You'd say, okay, I'm okay at this. I can do this. I've done this for 90 days in a row. I'm good. Like, I still want to be introverted and have my alone time. But now once a week, I can go out for coffee with a group of like 20 people and I'm not scared or intimidated or... I can't tell you how much I love this, Lewis, because this is so, (laughs) it's basic, right? It's just granular. This is like human to human connection. I'm not that smart. I just know I I needed to to give myself like a game. You know, I I needed to do things that was like, I could understand, which was like sports. So I would just create the, the rules and create the game and the exercise and the experiment myself. And this is all I've done my entire life. And you know what, Lewis? One of the things that like really, maybe, I don't know if you understand that level of inspiration to people, but like you unknowingly and or knowingly encourage people to gamify their life. Like we had a conversation last year when I was a part of your mastermind and we were talking about building out an app and I was talking about different apps that I can you know, align with. And I was like listing them out. I'm like, I think, you know, I'm going to try to reach out. And then you immediately went to gamifying. It's a Jasmine. I want you to fly wherever these companies are based. And I want you to meet with the CEO. And I was like, wait, me fly there and just wait for a meeting. And you said, uh-huh. yeah, that's what I would do. And I was just like, again, super basic, like Jasmine, get on a plane and meet a human to human. Yeah. And that piece of advice really shifted things for me. And I'm super stoked that I had out of the six companies that I was talking to you about, I ended up meeting four of them in person. Wow. And yeah, you, you just know how, you know how to get people to take action and see the exact same situation from a different way. So it seems, I mean, it seems so basic to me that's why right. i don't really talk about the most because i'm just like this is just how i've done it but yes but that's the sign that's a sign of what makes somebody really good at what they do is that they think it's so much easier but when somebody like you breaks it down you're like oh well yeah of course of course that's what you should do right okay but that actually leads me speaking of your mastermind so i was in your mastermind in 2018 and um i was blown away by the opportunity that came your way like I would watch and I'd listen to over a year of spending time together, like just things like happened huh. before I finished. It looked like it happened. Now, what I started noticing was the way that you made things happen. So here's a little bit of a backstory. I'll never forget. We were sitting at the Huntley Hotel in Santa Monica, gorgeous weather outside, sea breeze in the air, and you invited Ty Lopez to come in and there was like an opportunity for Q&A and I wanted to ask a question, but I was like 
like kind of sitting on the sidelines, like instead of asking Ty a question, I was asking myself, is this a good enough question to (laughs) ask? Right. And I remember watching and how you engaged and you would ask any question that came to your mind. And I left that mastermind learning the biggest lesson had nothing to do with Ty said, had nothing to do with any of the other amazing speakers. And that lesson was something that you taught me is like, I will never walk out of a room without asking a question because I wondered if the question was good enough. So you, you showed me, you showed me that any question is a good question if it gets you closer to what you want. So I want to take a second and I want to talk about the art of asking for what you want for somebody who's listening right now. And they struggle just with asking what advice do you give them? You know, it's interesting you say that because my COO, Matt, he calls me a couple of things. One thing he calls me is Picasso because he doesn't understand the painting that I'm creating, you know, in the business and like where things are going. He's like, I don't understand, but some, but somehow it's like a masterpiece <laughs> at the end. And then he also, he just kind of calls me like Mr. Pushy because I just always asked for what I've wanted. And again, this just seems so basic to me. Maybe it has something to do with being the youngest kid that felt like neglected or something, the youngest of four, maybe, maybe because I had like my back against the wall when I was, my dad got injured and I didn't have really anywhere to go and I was on my sister's couch. I don't know. But I've just always asked for more of what I want. Like if someone has an offer for something, I'm just like, can you give it to me for half? <laughs> can you give me, okay, I want this, but can you like give me double of this? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 we got to unpack this, homie, because I'm listening to this and like, I don't know if it's because I'm an immigrant's daughter, I'm a female, I'm brown, I don't know. But if somebody said, this is what it is, I said, thank you, sir, I'll take it. All right, I'm gonna back out of this door. I'm not gonna turn my back to you. Thank you, thank you. Like, how do you just, how do you do it? I didn't know what I was really doing. I was just like, this is who I am, I guess. I don't know. And then Marissa Peer, I had her on my podcast She's one of the top 10 most downloaded podcasts I've had. She spoke at the Summit of Greatness a few weeks ago. I'd never heard this before, but she said she works with all like messed up celebrities, kind of like alcoholic celebrities and celebrities who have gone through extreme traumas. And she worked with Ozzy Osbourne and Amy Winehouse and all these other people in the UK, these big celebrities. And I said, what do all these celebrities have in common? And she said, they all are relentless in what they ask for. And they're unapologetic on like how they ask for what they want. And they will not stop until they get what they want the way they want it. And I, and I was like, huh. I was like, I have a little bit of that in me. You know, it's not like I'm, I'll stop at some point when it's like, they say no, like 10 times. I'm like, okay, here it is. You know, here's the, here's, I'll pay you now. I'll pay you the 50 cents for this. Yeah, bracelet. whatever it is. Senor. But, like, <laughs> but in a lot of ways, I'm so relentless in asking for what I want. And if I don't get it, I'll find it somewhere else. I don't just say, okay, here's the way it is. And I accept this again, whatever it is, I'm, I'm just using like buying something as a, a reference, but I always like, I'll again, do experiments at stores. I'm like in a corporate store where they can't give a discount. How can I get Apple to give me 10% off when they do not discount anything? I play that game with myself almost daily with something whether I'm negotiating with my mother, whether I'm negotiating with my team, whether it's a store, it's being relentless and getting the guests I want on. Whatever it is, I'm constantly playing that game. And I think, like I said before, like showing up in a room 
a networking event or any type of room, when you show up with a sense of passion and a sense of poise and grace, and you show up with a sense of having something that people want, they want to give you that. They want to give you more of that because they want more of that in their life. So it's just like people love people that are like daring. I always ask for an upgrade at a hotel. I always ask for first class if I don't have it. I always ask for the discount. And I think people are like, this guy's ballsy. Like, man, is he crazy? And I usually say like, can you give me 50% off? And they're like, gosh, this guy's crazy. I'm not going to give you 50% off, but I'll give you 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I've seen you, 10, I have seen you do this with my own eyes. Really? When? And, some, and, and multiple times, just randomly and not asking for a discount. It's just mm -hmm. asking for what you want. And yeah. I like literally people can walk by and pick my jaw up off the floor because what I did not know I was getting when I joined your mastermind wasn't the guests and it wasn't the business strategy. I had a front row seat to see somebody ask and get what they wanted. Yeah. I had never in my life, in my career, growing up, ever seen somebody ask for what they want. And I, I just saw, oh, so this is how you do it. Mm. So for people who are very much like me, never to ask for an upgrade, never to ask for a discount. Play within the rules. Of yeah. course, of course. Oh, of course, of course. And I, I, I hear a little of the same thing that you said. It's like, can you gamify? Like, what could I do? Like, when I go to the next hotel, is there a game that I could play with myself and say, is there an upgrade? Because I would never even ask it. But I think that because I didn't have the school smarts and was horrible in school, like I couldn't get through. I couldn't get by without this to be honest, like, and because I don't have the focus and the detail to attention and the skills of someone like you, who is like this, who can just do things so well, like I don't have those skill sets. So I had to find another skill set to get what I needed. Like I can't sit in a room and just freaking work all day and like have this beautiful piece of work that's detailed <laughs> and everything's perfect. And every word is like spelling is right. I can't do that. <laughs> the way you could, because you have the attention, you're introverted, you can focus, you can sit down for hours and have this beautiful strategy and execute it and just do it all. <laughs> it's almost like a lazy man's way of getting what you want. It's because I don't do the perfect work. It's like, how do I lazily get around it? Which takes courage, but it's like, let me just, you know, talk my way into getting what I need. Uh... So it's a different style of getting what you want or getting a result. Okay. I'm not saying I wish I had what you have as well because I don't have that type of focus. So what I hear in the, like the nutshell version is the art of asking for what you want boils down to the audacity of courage. We're going to start boiling this down or boiling this down, boiling it down, rounding it down, whatever. I'll make up the words as I go. And if I speak fast enough, people won't, you know, be able to tell the difference. Okay. So we I got to stop you right there because at least three times in this show, you've stopped yourself to try to correct yourself. I know. So for some podcasting feedback, since this is your first five episodes, you got the more organic and natural you become, this, this next 30 seconds that I'm about to say, you're gonna get more comments on Instagram stories and DMs than anything else in this whole podcast. Okay. The more you allow yourself to mess up or whatever you think it is that you're doing, the more your audience is gonna love you for just 
being in that authentic real space and allowing yourself to breathe and relax and not have to have every word perfect. That's going to be your stretch for 2020 is not to look perfect. You already look perfect. So maybe not saying everything perfect hundred percent of the time is going to be your stretch or at least not correcting yourself anytime that you had a word with a, an extra letter to it. I mean, I, <laughs> barely speak English and <laughs> I'd never say the right words. I have 73 words in my vocabulary. <laughs> I speak like a, you know, a seven-year-old maybe. So for me, I say the same, like three words, exciting, amazing, incredible. Every <laughs> time I introduce someone, I don't have other words to use because I don't know any other words. So I think you got to give yourself a break, allow yourself to flow and your next experiment for the next episode is to not stop yourself if you think god that sounded weird or that wasn't perfect it's to not stop yourself okay. and just keep going I that's my this. challenge for you thanks coach and if you're listening and you think the jasmine should do more of that allow herself to <laughs> mess up then send her a private message right now and say yes you're amazing and okay but not perfect 100 percent of the time uh, okay. You know, I'm dying, right? You know, I'm dying. Like, just thank you. Like, I feel like those are not the words that I would want to use, but I, those are the words that I have right now. And, um, it's pay, it's to pay homage to the seven-year-old vocabulary that we all possess. Uh, so thank you. Seriously. Thank you. This is me embracing all the mistakes that I will make and just owning them and loving them. Okay. So let's kind of tie this up with a little bit of a bow. Let's get into the etiquette or the protocol of asking. So from your experience, do you think that there's a certain approach that gets like better results? Or are you like, I mean, I don't know, I get told no, a lot, like all the time. So do you get more yeses than no's? And is there is it is it a reason because of your approach? I think it depends on the setting. Is this an in person? Is this over the phone? Is this email? Or is this everything oh, in general? The context wow. is everything. Okay, so let's let's break down really quick. Context if you're in person, context via email, and then context on social. Well, okay. I think they're all similar, but okay. the again with everything, it's before the ask. It's the Ugh. moments before the ask, the intention and your mindset and belief behind it. So I'm always in the belief that every time I ask, I'm gonna get it. Mm. Even though I'm like, well, maybe they won't like Michael Jordan, maybe he won't, but I'm setting the intention to set up the right things to say, to make it so much value that they're gonna to want to do it. And if they say no, okay, I'm all right with it. And I'll just find another way. I'll just keep asking. I'll find another way. What's the thing that will make someone do this? Mm. You know, first off, timing is everything for a lot of people. And then there is usually something that someone will do if you can speak into their heart enough that they'll say yes to. So I try to find a thing that they care about the most in their heart. And I try to speak into that of how I can add value to that or what's missing in their heart and speak into that and add value to that. The more I work on myself and the more you work on yourself, the easier it is to be able to get a yes. Why would people say yes to you if you haven't done the work in your personal life, if you're trying to date someone or this go on so a date, true. you know what I mean? Or get married. Like so why would someone true. say yes to you to get married if you're like sloppy and lazy and a liar and all these other things and are broke, like you're not man magnetic enough. So the more magnetic you become, people are going to mm. want to say yes to you in whatever ask or context setting you're asking. So more magnetic my podcast becomes, it's an easier ask to bigger and bigger names because they want to be a part of that magnetic energy. 
And I think that's what we need to think about it. Where am I lacking? How can I grow? And I think about that every year. I think about like, okay, what are the things that I'm really missing in my life that I really need to grow? And how can I become more humble? How can I become a better listener? How can I become a better friend? How can I become a better partner in my relationship? How can I be better in my health? I'm just thinking about all the things that I'm lacking. And I focus on how can I be better because me becoming better is going to, again, when I walk into the door of the social media world or the door of the networking world or the door of the investor world, people are going to look back and be like, huh, I want to meet that guy. And that's what this is all about is becoming the, the human that people want to meet because you've done so much work on yourself. I mean, just all the, just all the yeses to that. So like in a nutshell, what I heard was to get better results, you have to lead with value. And uh, to lead with value, you have to listen and know what people want. And then you have to do the work, like do the work that would justify getting to yes. Okay. So since you are all about telling yourself and getting better, let's switch gears. And we are going to focus because you, I know you like games. So I'm going to have rapid fire questions to end this interview and it's going to be called the greatest of all time game. So are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Who? Lewis Howes is the greatest athlete of all time. Well, I'd say Bo Jackson and Jesse Owens, who was ahead of his time, LeBron James. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Question number two, what is the greatest ice cream flavor of all time? <sighs> My vice is sweets. I've never been drunk. I've never been <laughs> high. I don't do drugs. I don't like tequila, wine, none of that stuff. My thing is sweets, so I'm an ice cream I could eat so much ice cream every day if I wanted to. <laughs> and there's a, a classic in Ohio called Grater's Ice Cream, which is incredible. If you ever go to Ohio, go Grater's Ice Cream and get the mint chocolate chip. It's pretty amazing. Okay, good. Who is the greatest entrepreneur that you're learning from right now? I really like Ed Milet. Ed's uh, someone I've been learning a lot from lately. He's really inspiring. I'll say Ed right now. Who does not love Ed? Like, you know, it's like his his legacy runs ahead of him. That's how good he is. Like his legacy, you know, I mean, dang. Okay, okay, two more. What is the greatest Netflix show of all time? Uh, Last Chance You. Okay. And House of Cards, hands down. Oh, dude. I'm so sad it's over. I, okay, okay. Last question. Who is the greatest female music artist of all time? Whitney Houston. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for playing the greatest of all time. <laughs> Honestly, but before I end the episode, I want to do a Google search with you. So before you think this is totally weird, I want to ask one question. What would you want a Google search to say about you one year from now? I just want to say that I'm helping a lot of people, that I'm impacting a lot of people's lives, that I care deeply about people. You know, the word, the message I'm putting out there, the people I'm interviewing, what I'm getting them to, to share is really making a massive impact on the world. I want to be talked about for the impacts, not for like how much I make or whatever, how successful I am, just the, that I care about people and people are improving their life in a powerful way because of the work I do. 
Mm. Well, I can stand as a testament that just like the people we admire, like at your legacy runs ahead of you. And I've been so honored and thankful to stand in your shadow for years. Thank you for agreeing to do this. You are absolutely incredible. And I know people who, the 1% of people who might not know you, how can they find you on social and where is like the hub for them to get more information all about Lewis Howes? It's lewishowes.com or Lewis Howes anywhere on social and uh, School of Greatness podcast. Lewis, thank you a million times over. You're incredible. Appreciate it. Thanks. Friends, I have to admit, this conversation blew my mind. As a total introvert, talking to Lewis kind of made me feel like I can take over the world with like gamifying my life and asking for what I want, even though it's uncomfortable. My biggest takeaway was when Lewis explained that to get better results, lead with value. And to lead with value, you have to listen to what people want. This was so powerful, but I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Shoot me and Lewis a DM on Instagram what your favorite part of the episode was because we would love to hear from you. Or if you would like to share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever you want, definitely do that. But you can find me on Instagram at Jasmine Star and connect with Lewis at Lewis Howes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time on the podcast, I will chat with you soon. Mm -hmm.